and welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and today we'll be discussing The Wizard, which is a 90-minute commercial for Nintendo and Universal Studios. Um, it was released in the US on December 15th, 1989, and in the UK on 16th of March, 1990. It was written by David Chisholm and directed by Todd Holland. It stars Fred Savage, Jenny Lewis, Luke Edwards, Christian Slater, and Bo Bridges. Uh, Jimmy and I have thought of problems the movie has, three problems each, and we'll discuss them. We also have thought of one positive the movie has. Yeah. And I just I just want to say one problem I have is I know that the name of the actor who plays Jimmy is named Luke. Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to call Jimmy Lucas. I was just talking to my husband about this movie and I kept saying Lucas instead of Jimmy and it was really upsetting him. So I apologize in advance right. if I accidentally called Jimmy Lucas. Even though there is a character called Lucas in the movie. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Is that if, if it's Luke there wasn't a, right? Okay. If there wasn't a character called Lucas, the fact that I keep wanting to say Luke wouldn't be as much of a problem. Well, we are talking to someone called Jimmy, so maybe that would. <laughs> I know. Just, well, and just I just wrote the name Jimmy a, really big on my notebook yeah. so that I'll I'll remember. But just think um, of me as a non-autistic kid in this movie. Okay. <laughs> right. What's your history with this movie? Uh, well, I. <laughs> I used to, it's one I used to watch when I was a kid. It's just one that I would watch uh, in the early nineties. Watch the, the VHS or whatever, and yeah, just it's one that I've always had a soft spot for it because I don't think it's a bad movie. But it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's just it's there's. So much sort of weird things happening in this movie. I don't hate it. It's just with my reviewer's hat on that I, I, I do see many problems with it. Um, so what's your history with it? Well, I was, I'm was i pretty sure I saw it in the theater when it came out, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy to me because I thought I was older when it came out. And then I look and it's like I was my kid's age. Um, and I did not make him watch it. He, there's no way he could have handled this. Like watching it this morning, I'm just like kids entertainment today is so different that yeah. I just don't think this would really work with him, even though he has been playing a lot of Super Mario Brothers lately. Um, mm-hmm. Like the original ones. Um, in fact, he was um, in the room when I watched the video Armageddon part, and he immediately started playing Super Mario Brothers 3 on a Switch. But I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. My mom does I was actually, I had brunch with my mom today, and she couldn't remember seeing it. And she usually remembers the movies we saw. But I texted my cousin, and he's pretty sure we saw it in the theater. So, like, because I think, I remember being really excited about this movie. Um, and I actually got a Nintendo for my next birthday, which was, like, a month after mm-hmm. this came out. And I got Super Mario Brothers 3. And my cousin and I watched it so so many times and I remember we had a sleepover and we were sleeping in the living room and I woke up and he was like re-watching video Armageddon over and over because he was trying to figure out how to get the flute and he needed to see how to get the flute so like this was this was a huge thing and I, I worked at a bookstore um, I worked at Borders Bookstore when this came out on DVD and I remember we got it in we got one copy in and I just immediately like took that one copy like I unpacked it from the box Saw we had it, took it to the registers and purchased it. <laughs> I was so excited. But I haven't, I, don't, I guess I haven't watched it since then. I thought I had, but watching it, I was like, I don't remember so much of this. 
we talked about this with Mighty Ducks, but like movies were just more grown up around this time. Oh, absolutely. This is like, and the thing, here's the thing, and I'm sure you'll bring this up later. I don't know. But like, you know, people say, including yourself, that it's like a big commercial for Nintendo, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like, like if you had, now I did my research and I found out Nintendo actually did decide they wanted to do a movie of you know about their games but if you had told me the script was written and then they approached nintendo i would believe it because i I, this feels to me like a movie that can exist like it just i don't know it i've seen movies where so much of it feels like product placement and this i mean nintendo was huge at the time like it it feels more organic to me than it seems to to anybody else and i think it is because of the the serious stuff going on around it. No, I get that, but if it was just like the kids playing the arcades and then they go to the, the competition, if it was just that, that'd be fine. But everyone's playing fucking Nintendo in this movie. Yeah. I mean Bo Bridges and Christian Slater bond over Nintendo. It it, it brings a father and son back together. Mm-hmm. Nintendo. And they play it a few times throughout the movie and it's like that's a bit much. But me. then but then it also like and, and maybe maybe one of the reasons it's different for me is because so we had been on a trip to my aunt's house not long before this and they had a Nintendo and my dad played Tetris and he loved Tetris. So my Nintendo, Jimmy, my Nintendo was never mine. I got it for my 8th birthday. We bought uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 with it because it had just come out. Same shopping trip, my dad buys Tetris. Mm-hmm. I had to fight my dad like people have to fight their siblings. He still, that same Nintendo, I can't even complain about the fact that like he basically stole it from me. He still plays that exact Nintendo regularly. Mm-hmm. Like he played it every day for like 20 years or something it was ridiculous but anyway like my dad and i did bond over playing nintendo games like we didn't have a strained relationship as like Bo bridges and christian slater yeah. but like it was a bond like so much of this just felt like my life i relate <laughs> to it i relate to it fair enough that's okay that's right. I'm have I'm going through something today where I'm realizing that I'm viewing this movie very differently from everybody else, and it's like blowing my mind. Yeah, but it, it does um, it does portray games in a positive light, mm-hmm. which is good. It's not saying games are bad for you. Yeah, which is good because probably because it's sponsored by Nintendo. <laughs> well, yeah, but like you know, there's that whole but thing. But no, like, I still like it though because th- we were. Th- this was the first generation that really had like the. I mean something better than pong right like this was the first generation that like really where video games were like such a huge part and adults were just kind of blowing it off like they didn't see it as they didn't understand what how important it was to us and they were kind of like you know it's going to rot your brain whereas like you know my kids in the other room right now playing super mario brothers 3 and he has been for like over an hour and like i'm encouraging it right (laughs) um and it's interesting like christian slater and Bo bridges they grew up without video games, so they do this movie and they're like, we don't care about video games, we don't play video games. By the end of the movie, they loved playing video games. Like, mm-hmm. it's 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 interesting, like, I don't know, this was such a special time, and it's nice that there was a movie that was like, that could maybe tell parents, it's not so bad. I don't know. I don't know if it had an effect on no, parents. No, I understand that. That's fine. I get it. It's kind of like the whole thing where p- parents were like stereotypically like MTV, 
that's that's so stupid but like we were a generation that just grew up with different entertainment where adults were like what are you doing so the fact that adults made this movie that like and it isn't i haven't seen mac and me since i was a kid okay so i can't really speak to it i've seen clips and my understanding is it's just a mcdonald's commercial well mcdonald's and coke i think coke's in there a lot as well but like the stuff i've seen seems way cheesier than this. No, like, uh, no, it's Mac Mac and Me is one hundred percent worse than the product placement in this one. Because the movie's called Mac and Me. I I, start. I guess it's just, Oh my god, I'm so slow. I never thought about it. <laughs> it just it feels I, I guess what I'm looking for, the simple way to say it, is this feels more organic. Right. Okay. It feels more organic to me than I mean, it's it's obviously, you know, Nintendo is very involved, and my husband and I got in a fight about it earlier. But, like, <laughs> it, the product play, with the exception of the power glove, it all seems very organic to me. As organic as it can seem. No, I, I, I would agree with you if it wasn't for the scenes in the, in the hotel room. I mean, the whole, the, the whole third act doesn't bother me, because that's the whole point of the movie. They're going to that competition. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't bother me, but it's just like sprinkling n- Nintendo throughout is just a bit much for me personally. And also, isn't fifty thousand dollars like a lot of money for a child to win? It is, and let me tell you, in today's did you money, look it up? <laughs> it's, yes, in today's money, it is one hundred four thousand seven hundred thirty-six dollars and eighty-four cents. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have more to say about that later. But right, okay. uh, we haven't right. even gotten into our problems. What's your first one? We problem? haven't. So what's your first one? Oh, then? what's my first problem? Um, what is... Oh, I didn't understand my notes for a second. Okay. Here's my... Pro- and I have a problem. This is a problem I have with many road trip movies and stuff. Right. So I don't know how many days they're on this trip, but it seems to be quite a few. Mm-hmm. Are these kids not showering? They also don't change their clothes, apart from Haley, because the, the two boys don't have clothes with them. Yeah. These kids smell bad. Yeah. They will do. They smell really bad. Yeah. Like, there's no point where they somehow manage to get somewhere with a shower where you can maybe imagine that they wash their clothes or something. Yeah. It's it's upsetting to me. Haley even has time to change her hairstyle at one point. Yeah, well, that's what girls do. I no, mean, I no matter what's going on, we have to change our no, hair. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Is that it just shows you that there mm-hmm. is a change of time. Because Well, I yeah. I will say this. Haley seems like she's probably on the road a lot. Mm-hmm. So she's used to this. She knew she knew to pack clothes and yeah. like, you know. And but are they? I mean, I, at least show at least show them taking a whore's bath in a bathroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they're not clean. No, I, it's upsetting. It is really upsetting. No, me. it's true though. I was thinking that last night when I was watching it because during the montage, the Send Me an Angel montage. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that song by the way. That's that song is in my head right now. That's has got in the Spotify playlist. Um, <laughs> During that montage, Haley is wearing exactly the same thing, like the dungarees thing that she wears, or no, the dress that she wears, all the mm-hmm. way through that montage, except for one bit where they're doing the, the holding up the sign, and they're sitting mm-hmm. down outside the shop, and they're holding up a sign, uh, because Haley has now changed clothes, and she her hair's now like in a ponytail. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But then it's only that part of the montage where she looks different to the rest. So they must have filmed that like at different points, at different times, and they just didn't bother to tell um, Jenny Lewis to change her hair. Uh, let's talk about the Jenny Lewis of it all for a second. Sure. She's quite the singer. 
Like she quit acting mm-hmm. and then be then had she had a band called Rilo Kylie. Yep. Um and now she's, you know, she she's not like a household name, but she's like No. a pretty well-known singer and like a critically acclaimed singer. I've seen her in in concert. I loved her when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I loved her Mm -hmm. and i was so upset when she just disappeared all that she and she actually a few years later did a movie where she's um ben savage's sister hey i don't know i was a big jenny lewis fan like that was a big thing for me with this movie is that i love well i obviously love fred savage but i loved jenny lewis yeah i think that if she had continued acting she probably would have gotten like some like good teen movies Mm -hmm. in the late 90s or something Probably. Um, she did a movie with angelina jolie called foxfire that was very dark i've seen foxfire yeah it's good but it's dark anyway what's your first problem jimmy okay not not the character Mm -hmm. but the way he's written and how um others are written to talk about him Mm -hmm. um you and i I've already disagreed about this before we started recording. I think he... I mean, he's got PTSD. I think he's got PTSD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're, they're... Although it's not specifically stated, but people are calling him freak and mental case and stuff because he mm-hmm. doesn't speak. Yeah. And, you know, it's written... I have on my notes, it's written as though he's autistic or has a mental illness rather than mental trauma. Well, okay, so... First of all, I I regret that I didn't have time to do the research I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to read more about, like, autism in this movie and then, like, what autistic people feel about this movie. Mm -hmm. And we argued before we started recording about whether or not he is autistic. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say I'm right, that he is autistic, is that the filmmakers cited Rain Man as one of their inspirations for this movie. And here's the, and here's in the, the part where I said you were like an anti-vaxxer is that, <laughs> like, cause you were saying that like his not speaking and stuff is because of the trauma. And I, my theory is that it, like, cause you know, there's people who say like my kid wasn't autistic until they got a vaccine. And it's like, no, your kid started showing signs and it happened to coincide with this. Yes. I think Jimmy is autistic And I also think he's dealing with trauma. And I think that the autistic thing, like the autism started to come out around the same time. And that's a coincidence. Right. So like, which is, I mean, that's what, like a lot of people love to blame autism on things like vaccines. And it's like, people will find whatever happened around the time the kids started showing signs and they blame it on that. I get the feeling that's what's happening here. So you think his trauma um, awakened the autism? Um, I don't even know necessarily awakened, but that it just kind of happened around the same right. time. They, they even say that he changed when his sister died and then they became yeah. quiet and stuff. I kind of think it's both. I think it's trauma and I think right. he's autistic. He's certainly been played as it's... though he's supposed to be autistic. Well, and that's the thing is I feel like this is around the time where people didn't have the knowledge or language where they really understood what they were doing. Like if you watch Parenthood, which we will watch at some point, if you watch Parenthood, Steve Martin's son, older son, is clearly autistic. He is clearly there is something going on there that they like they talk about him having troubles and stuff, but they don't say autism. And I think it's because they didn't necessarily know that's what they were doing dealing with and then of course years later when jason kadams does the show he's like well my kid's autistic this kid's autistic we're exploring these storylines because i you know this is my life and in watching that i was like oh no that kid was autistic and i i'm wondering like how many movies we could go back and watch where it's like there's clearly these things that we 
we all know about now. Even if our knowledge isn't like super in depth, like we're all aware of it Mm -hmm. and can recognize it in something like this. Like, I feel like there was a lot of stuff going on that we just didn't kind of understand like I and I think that's what's going on with these filmmakers is that they make these movies and they like they know this is a thing they know it exists they saw Rain Man which my understanding is autistic people hate Rain Man um, which is makes me even more curious about how they feel about this movie but like I I think I truly believe that's what's going mm-hmm. on here but I also think he's dealing with trauma but I also so the, I'm really upset I never bought the special edition because I would have so much more knowledge right now. Because the thing is, they shot this movie. They had the opposite problem of, of what you usually hear. Like, Todd Holland gets the script. He's like, this is two and a half hours. We do not need all these scenes. Please let me film less. And the studio was like, you're filming every page of that script. Which is mm. insane. Usually they're like, "You can't. Aff- we can't afford to do all this. But I guess Nintendo was giving them money or something. Yeah. I don't know. And they filmed everything. And so there was a two and a half hour cut of this movie and the deleted scenes are on the special edition. And my understanding is the bulk of the deleted scenes is stuff from the beginning with the family. And I'm wondering if we hear more about his backstory, like his behavioral backstory and Mm -hmm. stuff there. I'm really, really curious if it's fleshed out more. And this isn't one of my official problems, but one thing I like and have a problem with with this movie they don't dumb things down for us. Like we don't get quick exposition at the beginning. You spend a good amount of time at the beginning, a little confused about the familial relationships. And it doesn't get really explained until like Fred Savage is telling Jenny Lewis later. Right. Like you you don't realize like, Oh, this is his half brother. I like, it's like, I like that because I like that things aren't just told to us like we're idiots or with a natural dialogue, but it's also, I spent some time confused. I'm really curious about what the the family stuff is there. Because yeah. they don't get super in-depth with his behavior no. stuff. I mean, not that, I mean, it's a kid's movie. I know, I know, but he's just quiet. But he gets, like, super, it's like the, like, part of the autistic thing is it's like, he gets super focused on, like, building these things, and it's like he's trying to say something with the building. And then just the idea that he gets so good at video games so quickly that, like... You know, a lot of, like, autistic kids will have – they'll just be really, really good and really focused on, like, one thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, like, like this kid's super focused on getting to California, and then when there's the video games, all of a sudden, like, he has this new thing he's actually interested in when he's never interested in anything else. Mm-hmm. And there, there's just some behaviors there. I mean, he has played games before. But that, like, they, I don't know. It, it's like he – it's because wasn't he playing that game for the first time, the first one he – he plays. No, no, there are games that he he plays for the first time and is good at them. Yeah, like Double Dragon was a game he plays first. I feel like there's probably a ton of think pieces out there that I need to read about this movie. Yeah, I, I had to look through some, but there's nothing. There was nothing really major that I found. It's just people saying that it's a guilty pleasure and stuff like that. Which, shouldn't feel guilty about no. loving this masterpiece. It's not a masterpiece. <laughs> it is a masterpiece. There's something wrong with you. Right. <laughs> How dare you? Right. So what is your second problem then? Um, okay, Putnam. Okay, so yep. the mom hires this private investigator to go, you know, find Jimmy. Said his name right. I yeah, he's a wrong. he's a child um retriever. That's his specialty. Yeah, and, and I'll say this. One thing I read, somebody was complaining about like why aren't 
weren't the police out like actively looking for this kid mm-hmm. and i'll tell you what this i think because i think this was still in the the time period where if a kid went missing people would write them off as a runaway mm-hmm. law enforcement they just seem to believe that kids just run away all the time and eventually they'll show up mm-hmm. like that's why there were so many kids like in the 70s and 80s and stuff that would like get kidnapped and um weren't like nobody even went looking for them for days because it was just like, oh, they ran away, they'll be back. And it's like, maybe their lives could have been saved. Mm-hmm. I listen to enough true crime podcasts that, like, I understand how disturbing it is, like, how dismissive the police were about missing kids. Yeah, Police are, at this time, law enforcement are not going to go traveling around looking for this kid. They're just not. They're especially not going to go to different states. So, like, it, it actually, like, the thing I read was wrong. It ma- it makes total sense to me that they have to hire this private investigator. This guy's a douchebag, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he, you know, he goes up to Bo Bridges at one point and is basically like, don't bother trying to find your son because I don't get paid unless I find him and I want to get paid. Which, like, don't say that to the parent. No, no. Um, But the thing I don't get, so he's after him this whole movie, right? Mm -hmm. And then he finds out where he's going and he goes after him. And the implication seems to be that this guy isn't going to get paid unless he physically shows up with this child. Unless he grabs this child and brings him to the parents. Bull! Because wouldn't he get paid if he just calls them up and says, hey, your kid's going to to video Armageddon? And that's what he does because the parents show up. Yeah, like, I don't understand why he's still, like, at this point, he sh- he doesn't need to, he has eyes on them. He knows what they're doing. Like, just let the kid play the game. You don't have to, like, try to kidnap mm. him. I know. Because you you found him. You're going to get paid. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, the character acts like if he isn't, like, physically holding on to this kid. That no one's going to give him money? Mm. No, this guy's not only going to get reward money, he's going to get paid for the hour. Yeah, and also the parents got there very quickly. Yeah. Just saying. (laughs) I just, it it was really, that whole thing, and, you know, sometimes we complain about, like, there'll be something like that in a movie where you're like, this is a problem, but then it's like, well, where would your conflict be? They could fix that a little without, I mean, because I feel like the movie's good enough and exciting enough that I honestly don't need to see him chasing after the kids at the end. I mean, I understand they want to get Universal Studios in and stuff like that's that's a more annoying product placement to me than Nintendo. Yeah, well, I've I've got a fix for that. What? Um, But that's my second problem. Okay. Um, But I just want to say that I don't like the way Putnam is written either because he is a dick but Mm -hmm. isn't his job a good thing? Yeah. You know? It's sort Mm -hmm. of saying, yeah, he's an arsehole Um, you know, he's looking after he's going after these kids to take them back to their parents. What a bastard. We have to write him as always a bastard and it's right. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't really need to. So, my fix for that would be have the stepdad go after them instead. Yeah. Because he's already an arsehole. Yeah, and he's, like, wanting to put Jimmy in an institution. Yeah. Like, this this is a, you know, sometimes you watch these kind of movies, and it's like, as an adult, you're like, yeah, they should catch the runaways or whatever. But here it's like, we, we don't really want that to happen. <laughs> like, not just because we want them to get to the to video Armageddon, but because, like, they're going to put Jimmy in a home, mm-hmm. which, like, 
once again, it's like people used to do that with autistic kids. And it's like, you didn't need to do that. That's my second problem as Jimmy's parents. There's so much conflict in this movie that they don't need that additional thing. They don't need Putnam. They could just have the dad, the stepdad going after them. That's that's all you needed because he's already antagonistic mm-hmm. towards them. Isn't it weird that like this came out the year after Heather's? Like th- yeah. this is what Christian Slater does after Heather's, like between Heather's and Pump Up the Volume. I know, like, it's really strange. I, I looked at his IMDb and I mean he seemed to have like several things come out each year around yeah. this time, but it's just so weird to think that this is right after Heather's. It blows my mind. I know. I know. And I'm just, I'm curious, like, why did Christian Slater do this movie? It seems like such a small role for him at this point in his career. I think he had five movies released in 1989. I look. Uh, and that's I'm crazy. Just so curious. He was just always working. So, you know, good for him. You know, maybe he was just a different kind of actor because, like, you know, you hear, especially around this time, that, like, once an actor sees that they're on, like, more of a starring path mm-hmm. that like they don't do smaller roles like once they've gotten yeah. bigger roles but um maybe he was just taking work because he was available although it's i keep forgetting heather's may be a huge blockbuster in my head yeah no that's true but he was it he, was a bomb but he was seriously i mean he was still on the rise yeah and people knew who christian slater was at this time and then, mm-hmm. then he's doing this thankless role of the older brother even though he's clearly 20, um, and he's playing, I don't know how old he's supposed to be, 16? I think he's supposed to be a teenager. Yeah, 15, 16. And it's, it's so funny because growing up, I always thought he was just like a slightly, like a guy in his 20s, like a brother in his 20s uh-huh. that lived with them. Yeah. And this is the first time I watched it where I'm like, oh, he's a teenager. He's supposed to be a teenager, um, yeah. But I mean, we we watched a movie the year before where he we believe him as a teenager, and he's a teenager and pump up the volume. So I don't know why it's such a problem for me with this. It's just because I think it's because of the situation. It's because JD is a bastard in Heather's, mm-hmm. and um, his character in Pump Up the Volume is a shock jock, and you know he says adult things, and then this is just mm-hmm. an ordinary kid. This is just an ordinary teenager who loves his brothers. That's it. It's so funny. Last night, I I said to to my husband, I was like, "Can you believe that this is the year after Heather's? Like that he did this movie after Heather's?" And Dylan was just like, "He did Heather's, and then he did The Wizard, and then he did Pump Up the Volume, and he just yelled three classics in a row." <laughs> <laughs> like he and he was ser- oh man, he loves Pump Up the Volume. I've only seen Pump Up the Volume once. I don't really. I, I'm honestly not that familiar with it. I've seen it once or twice, yeah. Um, I need to watch it again. Have you seen The Legend of Billy Jean? <laughs> right, we need to watch that then. It's Christian Slater and Helen Slater and y- yeah, Yardley Smith from uh, The Simpsons. I was right, I wrote down the parents, but then I was just thinking that the majority of the adults in this movie are badly written because they act like children while the children act like adults. And I know that whole child acting like an adult thing is a Fred Savage thing. That's what he did. <laughs> well, but this is also a time when kids are treated more like adults. Like, this is around the time of, like, the latchkey kid thing, No, I, right? know that. Like, I understand that. But what I'm saying is the ki- all the adults act like children. Yeah. What's your third problem? So I'm sitting there and I'm watching video Armageddon, right? right. I'm looking around. Where are the parents? Parents to the kids. That, that crowd. It's all kids is children do they not have people bringing them like are are the are all the parents dropping the kids off at video armageddon 
Yeah. Well, there might be. There's no adults. Yeah, but there might be a way. They might be the ones that are on the trams. <laughs> I just it. There's no adults there. There's no adults until like the parents in Putnam show up. Mm-hmm. Where are the parents of these children in this competition to win fifty thousand dollars? Yeah. When you're a kid, you're just like, yeah, there's kids there. And when you're an adult, you're just like, where's the adults? Exactly. Like, besides the people working here, like, where are these, like, does Lucas not have parents? How did he get there? Like, all these, all the kids in this movie seem completely independent. That's true. Does, um, does Lucas and uh, all his minions, including Tobey Maguire, do they all just (laughs) sort of go there themselves? Yeah. Yeah, Toby Maguire's in this movie, folks. He plays one of um, <laughs> Lucas's lackeys. And you can tell which one he is because he's the smallest, teeniest, tiniest one. He's so little. <laughs> and his hair is awful. Oh, and I'll add on to this problem. My whole video Armageddon issue, although this isn't related to the parent thing. If I were to fix anything in this movie, if I were to change anything, what it would be is that the girl beats Lucas. Because, first of all... Isn't it interesting that on their journey here, they just happen to run into, like, the best Nintendo player in the United States, I guess. Mm. But, like, while I do appreciate that a girl is one of the final three, how much better would it be if Lucas came in third? It would be great. I don't think that girl should have been in there because it's not fair. Like, I don't I don't like that in all these movies, it's like the, per- the you know, like, if you have a couple people competing and they're in a situation where there's, like, another person it's only between those two, yeah. right? It's kind of like when you watch Sister Act 2 and there's that one choir that does Joyful Joyful and they're like really worried about them because they always win and they did their song that like they come in second. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a ton of other people there. It would be interesting if they didn't even come in second. Mm-hmm. I just, it would be nice if for once the person who's supposed to win actually like did a little worse than even second. It's very predictable. Yeah. And I want the girl to do better. And it, sh- it should have just have been the two finalists then. Yeah. And not like a third finalist. Whether it was a girl or a boy, just pointless having a third one. Because we know it's against Lucas and Jimmy. Yeah. You know what I've just realised? What? Recently in this podcast, we've done a lot of competition movies. Mm-hmm. Because we did The Mighty Ducks. And mm-hmm. we did Sister Act 2. And we've done this. Apparently... And those are mine. Apparently, yeah. I like competition movies. <laughs> I never thought about that before. I just realized it That's just now crazy. when you were saying uh, Sister Act 2. And I was like, yeah, but Mighty Ducks as well, because they won at the end and blah, 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 you know? So, there you go. It's all competition movies. You've picked. That's crazy. Apart from the, uh, the Rage. Did you pick The Rage? Well, Dylan technically picked oh. it. Uh, so, what's your third problem? He touched my breast, not only because of the way she says it, and it seems to me, because she says it so quickly, that it seems to mm-hmm. me that that's not the first time she said it. That maybe that is how yeah. she's gotten out of a couple of situations, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I feel sorry for Putnam, because that is quite... <laughs> no, just wait, I'll, I'll get there. Um, I feel sorry <laughs> for Putnam, because that's not a nice thing to be accused of. Yeah. Especially when he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um. But then he sort of loses me when he's on the phone and he says um, she doesn't even have breasts. It's like, you shouldn't have been fucking looking, you perv. So I actually, because this was one of the more vivid memories I had of this movie. one I remember, yeah. That it's like one of my main memories of Jenny Lewis in this Mm -hmm. movie. And so I, going into it, I thought it was going to be a bigger problem for me. Um, And it was not. 
mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why. Okay, first of all, like, okay, yeah, that's a, you shouldn't falsely no. accuse someone of that. And um, it probably, like, my biggest problem with it would just be that, like, when kids tell adults about mm-hmm. abuse, which is hard enough for a kid because usually the person who has abused them has, like, convinced them that, like, their parents mm-hmm. are going to hate them or it's their fault or whatever. Like, when when they accuse an adult of abuse, so often adults don't believe them. They think they're lying because it's easier for them to deal with. And so, like, my biggest problem would be just that this might help contribute to that myth in some way. Um but the reason it doesn't upset me as much is one Putnam. He he's not just some like PI bringing a kid in. Like he is he if he feels like a kidnapper, right? Like he feels kind of abusive the way he's dealing with Jimmy. Yeah, but not sexually abusive. No, no, no. But like that. This is a guy who like he's supposed to find mm-hmm. runaways. But he seems to actually truly loathe children, and I don't think he gives a shit if he hurts them. Like, he seems like a bad guy. I still guy. don't think you should accuse someone of sexual assault. But, no, you no, you shouldn't. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it, I had less of a problem with it than I thought I would. People are gonna believe that. Here's my thing about her saying that. And I know this is just, this is just my thing, it's in my head, I'm sure the filmmakers did not think about no, this at all. it was all. the 80s. But in my head, I'm thinking, like, this is a girl who is clearly mm-hmm. on her own a lot. One, she probably thought of it so quickly because she understands how to get out of trouble yeah. or how to get away from creepy people. And two, I mean, honestly, like, it's hard to imagine a girl doing the kind of stuff she does, like living the kind of life she lives that hasn't been abused right. in some way. And um, so it, it makes total sense to me that she thinks of it, like, mm-hmm. so quickly. It's very, like... When you're a kid, it's kind of funny, but as an adult, it's like if you think about it too hard, it's it's very very upsetting. I don't even have and, to think yeah, about I'm not... it that hard, Jen. I think it's quite wrong. No, well, be, <laughs> but people are dismissive of things like. Look, we watch movies and we think about it a little too deeply, yeah, right? I think a lot of people watch this and they're like, "That's funny." I don't know. I'm not. I I, I think it's horrible to accuse somebody of that falsely. I'm just saying, I hate Putnam so much. That I was not as upset about this as I thought I would be. See, I don't... <sighs> My problem is I thought about it too much. And Haley, I'm just thinking about her dark, dark No, past. I know. I understand like, that. This whole movie, I'm just like, I am upset about... And that is like, because my mom has, you know, she worked with mm-hmm. kids who had been sexually abused. And like, I knew a lot more about it when I was a kid, like, than a lot of kids. And I think that that's actually... That falsely accusing someone later is more common if you've been through the abuse. Mm-hmm. Not that we should be adding this kind of realism to this movie, because it is a kid's movie. But yeah, it, it's, it is uncomfortable. Especially, they use the word breast. What kid says breast? I think it's... You said that people probably think it's funny, but I, I, I just don't like using that as a joke. That's my problem with it. That's all. Yeah, but when I'm seven, when I'm seven years old, I think it's funny. No, I know, but, but when you I say people, people think it's funny, it I mean, like would kids. think it's funny, which means maybe adults would find it funny. Oh yeah, adult, but adults are fucked up. Adults are fucked up. Yeah, especially the one who adults wrote this don't... fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, God, in this movie, once again, it's so dark and so complicated. It's one of the reasons why I actually truly believed that it could have been written without Nintendo being involved at yeah. first. I just think it's just a little bit too much to add to the darkness. It is a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. And then his line of, she doesn't have any breasts. It's like, what? Yeah, he's... 
this guy's creepy as hell. Yeah. I don't want him around children. He may not have sexually abused anyone. Yeah. I do not want this man around children. He is disturbing. He is. I also hate the idea, like, I know he's just being paid for bringing Jimmy mm-hmm. back. But, like, if you're a halfway decent person, wouldn't you try to get the other missing child? Yeah, he doesn't give a shit about Cody. He says that. I hate that. But and so does the stepfather, doesn't he? Doesn't the stepfather say he doesn't care about Corey as long as he gets... I'm going to guess that that actor is, like, one of the nicest guys ever. Because yeah. I've heard that, like, actors who always play assholes are usually the nicest guys. And this guy, like, at this age, I'm watching it at this age. I don't even remember what I've seen him in. I already know if I see him in something that I hate him. Yeah. But nothing really happens with the stepdad either. He, he turns on a dime and then he's suddenly mm-hmm. nice. He celebrates when Jimmy's won. Is that just because he knows he's won money? You know, it's like... Well, I I think it's like, it's one of these things where I think these these people aren't even, or at least like the mom and the stepdad, I feel like they're not even thinking of Jimmy as a real person. No. He's not, he's not an actual person to them. No. He is a silent child that is a burden on them, especially the stepfather. They have to put him in a mental institution for fuck's sake. And to see him up there playing a video game, like doing something else, it's like, oh, maybe this kid isn't just like... Yeah. Maybe he's human. Yeah. That's why I think it should have been the stepdad that was going after them and not Putnam. Yeah. Uh, Because then there would have been a redemption arc. Mm Mm-hmm. Putnam doesn't get one either. He just well, he cheers when Jimmy wins, but then he yeah. disappears. Don't know if he gets paid or not. Like after the movie ends, there's two questions I have. One, okay. what happens to Haley? Are they just going to drive? I have that written yeah. down. I have it written Are down. Are they driving her home to drop her off back at a trailer park but give her money? And then two, why put that tin there in that place that can get found and uh, like chucked in the bin or whatever? You know, is oh my god. That was almost one of my problems. Like, even as a kid, you know how I feel. You know how I feel about people leaving yeah. things. I mean, I know they do it on purpose, but, like, I I am such a sentimental person, and, as, and I was more so as a child. Mm. I hope they've got more pictures of her. Because if, if I were one of the adults, I would let him think he left it, and then I would take it and hide it. Because he might want it someday. Right. Well, I, I, would, I would leave the tin, but take the pictures and stuff out. Yeah, I would definitely take the like. I have I have to believe that they like sneak them into their pockets or something because mm-hmm. that it isn't like today where you just print off another copy. Like I don't know about you, but when I had pictures when I was like like in the eighties and nineties, I often just threw out the negatives because like I'm never gonna reprint them. No, uh, it's true. Yeah, I have a problem with that. But I with Haley, I was really thinking about it a lot because I'm thinking like. Well, first of all, how far away do they live from Reno? Because I don't even know. No, I don't know where they're supposed to live. Because I think as a kid, you think, because you're not, you don't know anything because you're a kid. Where's Reno? <laughs> and I, it's in, um, I mean, it's in Nevada. Night. I don't know where in Utah they're from. Night. Although it took them a while to get to Reno, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, but as a kid, it's just like, oh, well, they're going to go off and they're going to be friends or whatever. And as an adult, you're like, well, no, they live far away from each other Mm -hmm. but also this child is left by herself Mm -hmm. a lot it is conceivable that they actually like take her in i mean i really feel like cps gets called right Mm -hmm. like i i i don't know it it, i i do wonder what happens to Haley. that is that is a big big thing for me because she's alone enough to go and travel elsewhere and that like she would have gotten back and her dad would have never known she was i know like 
on an adventure. I, I think they give her money. You think so? Because he did say that he would split it with her. I don't think they'll mm-hmm. split it with her, but I think they'll give her money. Yeah, but do you think the adults? That's what I was let... thinking. That's what I was saying. I don't think that I yeah. don't think the adults would split the money, but I think they will give her something at least. Yeah, because she looked after Jimmy. Yeah. So. Oh God, I have so many questions. I know. I know. I hate it when movies end like that, and we just don't get anything. I have so many questions about the entire movie, which hopefully some of them will be answered whenever I eventually watch the deleted scenes. Yeah. But that's it's it's why I like I actually got really, really annoyed with Dylan this morning when he was saying it's just a giant commercial. Mm-hmm. Because it's not. It may it may it may have been produced for the purposes of promoting Nintendo and promoting Super Mario Brothers three. Mm-hmm. But this is like a legit movie. Like and that doesn't necessarily mean it's like a five star movie, right? Mm-hmm. But it's an actual no, I know that. Like, but it's still, I have seen actual commercials with storylines. I think it's just hard for me to write it off the way a lot of people have written it off because have like, especially recently having watched so many movies I watched when I was younger. Mm. This movie seems like more thought was put into it. Like it's more complicated than almost everything else I've watched. Right. Yeah. Like, it is not a simple film. They no. did not need to make this so complicated. It was complicated because I was struggling to try and work out what the relationships of everyone is at the beginning. Uh, you know who hated this movie? Let me guess. Does it begin with R and end of Audrey Ebert? Yep. <laughs> that guy was no fun. <laughs> Before we get into the positives, I'm going to go through my list of things that I couldn't say. And I'll be quiet okay. because we're, yeah. Um, right. Corey storms out of the back door of his house, but in the very next mm-hmm. shot, Nick's chasing him out the front door. <laughs> okay. That's weird. Um, I like that in the 1980s, it was unthinkable that a kid could be an adult at video games. <laughs> <laughs> um, what kind of name is Spanky for a grown man? Uh, I'm going to assume it's some sort of little rascals thing. Old man in a speedo. (laughs) Most of the contest is annoying, and I think he and the dude who signs him in are related. Because the guy who signs him in and says, Ninja Gaiden! I think he's related to the host of the... (laughs) Because they sound exactly the same. Okay. Nick calls Jimmy Shorty Mm -hmm. at one point, which is actually a nickname that I I have for my sister. I still call it to this day. <laughs> Corey and Haley are shouting instructions to Jimmy for a game neither have played. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know why that wasn't one of my problems. That really, that I, mm, I don't. Well, I'll say this, um, and I know this isn't the reason, the official reason, but this is the only explanation mm. I can come up with. Is that well? No, that doesn't make sense. I was gonna say that, like, you know, this movie is known as the premiere of this game but like it had been out in japan for a while right but that wouldn't be the case in the world of this movie no because they still didn't know they, they were surprised the most the most you could think about it is that maybe like in one of those nintendo power magazines that maybe there was an article talking about the upcoming game that that okay that's that's our that's my new explanation yeah but that wouldn't give away the secrets um it might say some i don't know yeah i don't i, I don't know you know. like to try and I, explain things away jen but 
I just I'll I'll say this. Haley has just spent days studying yeah. Nintendo. Like <laughs> she might actually like have some knowledge we can't even think. Because at this point, Haley has to be an expert. Yeah. She has spent so much time calling that hotline. I know. And didn't it cost money? Wasn't it a nine hundred number? It was, yeah. How much money is she spending? It's, it was the hotel's money. I don't know I don't know who was paying for the hotel. Yeah. It was the hotel's phone, I mean. Wouldn't it get charged to the room? Uh, maybe. I don't know. How how do they get a room? Kevin McAllister had to jump through some hoops to get a room. How'd these kids get a room? I don't know. People are okay with these kids traveling on their own. Yeah. They got robbed by adults for less than $100. I know. Stupid. Oh, and Putnam apparently doesn't know what an elevator is. No. Putnam's an idiot. Right. So, what is your positive of this movie, Jen? Okay. Um, I've had, I had some trouble with this because I can't say the movie. Uh Um, but I did, I did actually think about it while we were talking. I think that the casting of this movie uh-huh. is incredible. Uh-huh. The reason I thought of this positive when we were talking about Christian Slater, because it's like Christian Slater is in a pretty small role. Uh-huh. Him and Bo Bridges, they feel too big to be in this movie, but they are good actors who add so much because the stuff with the, with them could just seem so stupid or you might just like write it off, like not care uh-huh. about it. But they add something to it where I'm actually invested in their stuff, too. Yeah. More so as an adult than I was as a kid. But still, like, and Fred Savage, I mean, obviously, like, he was one of the best child actors at the Mm. time. Like, there was a reason he was working so much. Like, he carried an entire TV show. He did. Right? Like, Fred Savage, which, by the way, he is directing the pilot of the new Wonder Years, which I love. Oh, that's good. But this movie, the acting is just really legit. Which I think lends itself to being, I think, like a much better movie than a commercial, than like product placement. Yeah. And I don't know, and may, I don't know how much of that is Todd Holland because he also, you know, when people direct a pilot of a show, like I think they're usually pretty involved in the casting of it. And the casting of Malcolm in the Middle is really mm. good. And he did the pilot for Malcolm in the Middle. What's your positive? I'm not allowed to say the soundtrack. Uh... <laughs> It is a good set, but there's. I also forgot to mention. I heard a couple of new kids on the block songs. In that the is, yeah, that is, yeah. It was distracting. I know, to it's me. quite weird. Um, but you've got the Bodines at the start, and you've got um, mm-hmm. same an angel and yeah, that's such yeah, a and uh, the Paul Carrick song towards the end is pretty good. And yeah, no, I, I know what ones I'm putting on this the Spotify playlist that you can find. So, what's the problem? Podcast playlist on Spotify. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so my positive is the cinematography. Okay. It's a good-looking movie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't... I'm not saying it doesn't deserve to be a good-looking movie. It just yeah. seems like the sort of movie that it wouldn't be. But, like, a lot of the outside shots and all that are gorgeous, especially in HD. Mm-hmm. I like the opening scene because of how it looks, but I don't like it being two minutes of a song and credits playing and it's just someone walking. I don't like yeah. that sort of thing, but I do like how it looks. So, yeah, that's my positive. The cinematography, I think, is a good look movie. If you think about the origin of this mm. movie, that, like, Nintendo wants to make a movie about their product, this movie has no business being as good as it is. No. No, you're right. It really doesn't. This movie should not be. Like, because, th- like I said, it's a legit movie. Like, it, I don't know why I'm so shocked that it really was just made for a commercial, basically. Mm-hmm. But, like, this movie shouldn't be as quality as it is. Especially if you look at other movies from around this time. Like, look at Little Monsters, mm-hmm. okay? This movie should not be this good. Little Monsters, not so great. 
and that's the same time with the same star. Yeah, like same year, yeah. It's 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 a they they took a capitalist reason for making this oh. movie, which I mean that's the reason for most movies, right? It's Money. Like capitalism. But they actually did something pretty good with it. And I like that. I mean, despite my complaints about the product placement in this, it is still quite a solid drama. I don't like the fact that they they keep losing their money. They keep getting beat up and losing their money. It happens too yeah. often. It's a yeah. bit weird. But um, but yeah, no, it's, I don't hate it, Jen. It's fine. It's <laughs> I like this movie, <laughs> and we still don't know what we're doing for the anniversary. But we'll we'll think about it, and then we'll surprise you all. The next episode will be our <laughs> first year anniversary episode. Oh god, it's that soon. Because our anniversary is the eleventh of May. Uh, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's all I have time for. You can follow the podcast at Drop the Pipe Pod. You can go to shiftedbench.co.uk. Contact at shiftedbench.co.uk is the email address. We can send us feedback. Please let us know that Jen's right and I'm wrong. Uh, no, I, I don't like the movie. Um, where can people find you on the internet, Jen? Uh, I tweet from at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. And obviously, that's where I tweet. Um, I also, that's the name of. My podcast, which I hear we're going to do another episode <gasps> soon. Dun, dun, dun. I think. Uh, anyway, I also have uh, Closer to Free, which is my Party of Five rewatch podcast. Excellent. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. California! <laughs>